0: Um, So we're going to spend a a little bit of time here uh, in the the scriptures. And uh, if you've been around throughout the last uh, season of time, uh, the last few weeks, uh, we've walked through uh, the season of Advent, and uh, we've addressed what you would consider traditional Advent themes. And so we looked at love, joy, peace, and hope. And then last Sunday, it was the day after Christmas, um, December 26th, uh, we looked at what would be uh, also considered a traditional theme of the the subject of, of faith. And we turn to John chapter 1, and we just saw how John started his gospel account. And where the other gospels, well, two of the other gospels, Matthew and Luke, start their gospels with accounts of Jesus' birth, um, John starts before that. Uh, so Mark, Mark starts his gospel with Jesus as an adult. Uh, Matthew and Luke start their gospels with basically Jesus, either his lineage or him being born. John goes way, way back. John goes all the way back to the beginning. Uh, and yet, he's, he's talking about Jesus. And as he talks about Jesus in those first verses of John chapter 1, he talks about Jesus as the Word. And last Sunday, uh, we, we spent our time considering Jesus as the Word. And the Greek word for Word is logos, uh, which is the same word that you get the, the, the root word for logic. And, and John is playing off of a debate that was going on in Jewish culture, but even more so in Greek culture. And he's saying that Jesus is the logic. If you're trying to make sense of life, Jesus is the logic. He, he's the Word. He's the Logos. He, he's, he's what actually makes the world make sense. Um, well, I said last week that in those same verses, as he's talking about Jesus and referring to Jesus as the Word, he also refers to Jesus as light. And, and light is a, a pretty big theme uh, for John. Uh, John loves this idea of associating light with who Jesus is and what Jesus says. And so uh, we'll talk about that uh, for a few minutes together right now. Uh, so John, he's, he's joining the other gospel writers uh, when he associates light with the birth of Jesus. Uh, maybe you uh, had on the top of your Christmas tree a star, or maybe you had a nativity scene somewhere in your Christmas decorations, and there's a, a little star over, over a manger or over a, a little barn. Uh, well, the reason why there's a star in the mix with your Christmas decorations is because there is a star that appeared over Bethlehem at Jesus' birth. In Luke chapter two, uh, we find out that the glory of the Lord shone around them. Jesus was born, and, and the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field, and the glory of the Lord shines around them. In Matthew chapter two, uh, the, we find out that the wise men, they saw a star rising in the east. And they went to figure out, where, where, where is this, where's this star at? We need to find out what the significance of that star is. They go and these wise men go and talk to Herod. And then in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, we see that the star comes back. And the star leads them to the place where Jesus was born. And so we, we, we think about this, this storyline of the birth of Jesus. And on December 25th, our, our culture celebrates the birth of Jesus. And as we've said a bunch of times, that's when the real party starts. Uh, and so the lead up, Advent, is a season of waiting. It's a season of anticipating. And so think of having a baby born. Uh, all the anticipation of that baby being born, then the baby's born and, and the party starts. Maybe not for the mom, but the, the party starts for everybody else. All, all the celebration of, of that this, this new life that is coming to the world. And so on December 25th, the real party starts. And, and the church calendar would invite us for 12 days uh, into a season called the Christmas season or Christmas tide. And for those 12 days to, to celebrate the coming of, of Jesus. And so we're in that season right now. That, that season would end, it does end on January 5th. And then on January 6th, we're invited into a, a day called epiphany. And uh, the word epiphany means reveal, or appear, so a revealing or an appearing, And epiphany is associated with the day uh, when the three kings, the three magi, when 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 they were when they found Jesus, when he was when Jesus was revealed to these three kings, and you say, well, what's why does that matter? How does that have any significance? Well, well here's the significance: those three kings are not Jews, and so when the three kings find out about Jesus. It's, it's like this declaration that this Jesus that we've all waited for, he's been revealed, but not just to the Jews, to the Gentiles. And when the Bible uses the word Gentile, it just means everybody else. So there was the Jewish people, the people that God had chosen for himself, and then the Gentiles, that, that's everybody else. And when these three kings are introduced to Jesus, it's this de- when, they're re- when Jesus is revealed to them, it's this declaration that the whole world gets to hear about Jesus. The whole world gets to see Jesus. Now, we don't, we don't know if it happened within 12 days of Jesus' birth, but it functions as an invitation to remember this part of the story, that Jesus is the Messiah that the Jews were waiting for. Yeah, he is. But he's not just for the Jews. He's the Messiah of the whole world. He's the Savior of the whole world. Jesus is the light of the world you know advent starts in the dark and it ends in the light in john chapter 1 which we read this past sunday in verses 4 and 5 it says in jesus was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it and john loves this idea of of light he associates it with jesus and jesus's good news multiple times at least six more times in John's gospel account, he associates light with Jesus or the message that Jesus is sharing. And then maybe you know this, but later in the New Testament, John writes three little uh, books of the New Testament. 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. And in the first of that little trilogy, in John chapter 1, he gets after this idea of light again. And in chapter 1 and in chapter 2, he associates who Jesus is and what Jesus is saying with light. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, he says this, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. He says, if we walk in the light. You, maybe you've thought about that phrase before or maybe you've never heard that phrase in your life. But what does it mean to walk in the light? Uh, I could talk about this for a long time, but part of my story is having a relationship with God where it was like God shone a light, like a headlight or a lamp, a flashlight out in front of me, and He showed me a path that I was supposed to walk, and my job was to stay on that path. And the way that my life uh, unfolded was I tried to keep all of my mistakes kind of behind me, out of the spotlight, out of, the light of, the, out of that, that, that flashlight. I tried to hide them all. Tried to tuck them in pockets behind me, under my shirt. Like, I didn't want anybody to see them. I didn't want God to see them. I was trying to kind of hide all of that. And then there's a realization that maybe walking in the light isn't associated with a headlight or a flashlight. Not a, not a beam of light. Maybe walking in the light is better to think about it as light everywhere. As like being on a football field at night with all of the stadium lights on. There's nowhere to hide. There are no shadows. The light is pervasive. The light is everywhere. The light is revealing. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to stuff my dirty laundry. There's nowhere to hide my bad habits. That walking in the light with Jesus is actually this recognition that he sees me better than I see me. That he knows every single thing about me. And I realize that he knows every single thing about me. In the book of Hebrews, this is, this is communicated to us with the idea of being naked. It's like standing before the God of heaven and we're naked. There, we, we can't hide. There, there's no way to hide. And I think what John is inviting us is to actually recognize That the relationship that Jesus invites us into is a relationship where light is everywhere. Light is shining at us from every single direction. That Jesus knows everything about us. We don't need to hide things from from him. We can't hide things from him. He actually has turned the lights on. He actually knows us better than we know ourselves. And so what what if this is the invitation from Jesus? What, What if the invitation from Jesus is not to have everything figured out, It's not to have everything in your life fixed. But it's actually to have everything be seen. That what Jesus is actually after is this recognition between you and him that he he already knows about it. He's already seen it. You don't have to go run and hide. You don't have to try to stuff it behind you. Light is everywhere. And he doesn't blink. And he doesn't run from you. And he's not quitting on you. That that coming to Christ is this idea of letting him shine the light everywhere. Letting him show you the real situation. Letting him show you all the goodness and all the beauty of life. But also all of your brokenness. So not just the good parts, but not just the bad parts. Reality. That Jesus is the light of the world. He turns on the lights. He shows you your heart your actions, your rebellious streak. He shows you his love. He shows you his welcome. What what if that's the way we thought about Jesus' light? Yes, it's revealing, but it's a revealing of all things. It's not just a revealing of what's bad about me. It's also a revealing of what's so good about him. It's a revealing of all of this stuff, and it's an invitation to to, to sit there and receive it. To to recognize that the one who knows everything about you doesn't quit on you. That he's turned the lights on and he's not scared. He turns the lights on and he's not surprised. Jesus is the light of the world. You know, in John chapter 8, Jesus calls himself the light of the world. He actually says, I am the light of the world. And there's this invitation as he discusses this idea with the Pharisees. There's this invitation to, to actually to follow him. He's the light. John says he's the logos. He's he's the logic. He's the light. He's what makes the world make sense. The invitation is to follow him. The invitation is to recognize what he offers. And it's not necessarily to give you the answer to every single question that you have. I've got plenty of questions that aren't answered. There's a lot of questions that God in the scriptures is not trying to answer for you. But he is inviting you into the logic of the world. He is turning the lights on in regard to what matters. Jesus is the light of the world. Let's follow him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this this little idea uh, of Jesus as light. Jesus as the light of the world. We thank you for Epiphany and the invitation that we have to consider this moment where not only did the Messiah that the Jews were waiting for show up, but the Messiah that the whole world was waiting for showed up. That the Jews don't only get him, the rest of the world gets him too. So God, as we are here in Traverse City, Michigan, thousands of miles away from where Jesus was born, we celebrate that we have had access to this news, that we are actually invited into a relationship with this one who is the word, the logic, this one who is the light, would you help us to see? Would you help us to receive it? Would you help us to recognize what you're offering in your son, Jesus? In his name we pray. Amen.